0: Were you born and brought up in New York? Are you one of those rare people? No. 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 The reason I asked is because you started out in radio down in New York City on the Horn and Hartett Show, remember? Horn and Hardet Children's Hour. All right. I mean, let's
1: give it its full title. Otherwise, people might think it's some sort of an expletive. (laughs) That's right. I started on the Children's Hour, and then two weeks later, I was on Let's Pretend. I used to do Let's Pretend on Saturday mornings and the Children's Hour on Sunday mornings. Then my voice changed, <laughs> and I had to go into another line of work.
0: There was another show, which was playing, I guess, on NBC. Let's pretend it was on CBS, Little Blue Playhouse, and how did you know that? Well, I, uh, I did. You did have some big research. ears. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but you weren't permitted to play on both, as I understand it, were you?
1: Well, it would be physically impossible since they were on pretty much the same time. Yeah. I certainly rehearsed, same times. Anybody that could do Let's Pretend would certainly not want to do Little Blue Playhouse. Let's Pretend was the prestigious show to That's do, right. won all the awards, and it was very highly coveted, and I, to this day, I don't know how I was lucky enough to be chosen by Nala Mack that soon, because I had no track record, no um, mutual friends, you know, who could say, listen, he's very good, you know, and it was purely and simply just a lucky accident. I asked for the job, and she gave it to me. But I didn't know that it was that tough to do. I mean, I didn't know that people had in some cases waited two or three years just to get an audition sure. for her. I went up to the office at a time when people knew you're not supposed to go there, but I didn't know that. I went up and met her, and uh, I must say that for the first three years I was on the show, I was totally speechless every time she looked at me. For some reason, I was terrified of her. I cannot tell you why. She was one of the sweetest, most lovable people I ever knew. But there was a very imperious look about her or something. She had, she had a very round, feline kind of face and bulging eyes, but she was not severe in any way, except mm-hmm. that she looked severe, but she wasn't. She was very sweet and warm and a wonderful woman.
2: Originally broadcast as The Adventures of Helen and Mary, radio's preeminent children's show first took to the air on September 7th, 1929 over CBS. It became Let's Pretend on March 24th, 1934. Hosted by Uncle Bill Adams, it was in many ways the brainchild of Nyla Mack, who penned, produced, and directed each show. Miss Mack was born in 1891 in Kansas and became an ingenue on Broadway and in Vaudeville. She arrived at CBS in 1928 and in August of 1930 assumed control of the show. Mack felt the best way to tell a children's story was to let the children tell it. Acting talent could play a lead one week and a character part the next. She soon became CBS director of children's program. One of Miss Mack's staples was her open door policy. Any child could audition she was responsible for developing two generations of some of the best child-turned-adult acting talent in radio history, like Arnold Stang.
0: Were you being pushed for, by by family? No, or, my family didn't yours, fully approve of the whole
1: thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't even really, they didn't know, and uh, they very reluctantly gave me permission to stay in New York. My family wasn't even in New York. I had an aunt that lived in New York who I stayed with till my family moved down. But originally, when I came to New York, my family was still all up in Massachusetts and uh, the only thing was that uh, I had to keep my grades up in school As long as Mm -hmm. I kept my grades up in school I would be allowed to do this but it was kind of like an indulgence on their part they couldn't care less and then nobody in my family has ever had anything to do with show business before or since so, when did so the I don't think I've proven you? anything. Do, do, do you recall at all? Of... I guess it was a prenatal influence, yeah, something yeah, like that. Cool. On the way, I thought, gee, you know, if I ever do get born, I want to be in radio. <laughs> I mean, kids run away to join a circus. I ran away to get in the radio. I mean, you can see what a strange kid I must have been.
2: Radio Guide wrote that Miss Mack instantly knew if a child had it. If so, he or she would be given a small part and slowly work their way up into lead roles. Perhaps Newsweek said it best in 1943, Let's Pretend it's filled with kings and queens who ride talking horses through enchanted forests. It has maidens who must be rescued from witches, dragons, and dwarfs. Its characters travel in coaches, wear purple robes, through emerald halls into jade rooms, and drink from golden goblets. Cream of Wheat became the sponsor that year. It was a partnership that lasted until 1952. At 2 p.m. on Saturday, June 5th, 1954, Let's Pretend signed on the air over CBS in New York.
3: Hello, hello, come on, let's go, it's time for Let's Pretend. The gang's all here and standing near is Uncle Bill, your friend. The story is exciting from start right to the end. So everyone come join the fun. Come on and let's pretend.
0: From New York City, it's radio's outstanding children's theater, Let's Pretend, created by Nyla Mack. <laughs> and here's Uncle Bill Adams to get us started on today's story, Beauty and the Beast. Hello, pretenders! <laughs> have you ever been real scared to do something and then when you finally got at it, found out it wasn't so bad after all? Yes, it it often happens that way. Something that seems scary turns out to be fine, and that's just what happens in our story today. And, Bob Murray, suppose you tell us how we travel to Let's Pretend and that story of Beauty and the Beast. Well, there's a beast in the story. Let's all travel on animals from the zoo. Well, that's a great idea. So, Sybil, will you take charge of the magic?
3: Magical sound men? We'd like a fine parade of lions, tigers, elephants, and camels. One, two, three.
4: <laughs> and there we are.
3: Choose your favorite steed, everybody. Get on their backs and let's go! <laughs>
0: Once upon a time, there was a rich shipowner who had two daughters. The older one, Athlinda, was proud and selfish, but the younger was sweet and kind and so lovely that everyone called her beauty. And now one day, their father lost all his riches. He and his daughters had to go live in a tiny cottage deep in the woods where nothing was easy and pleasant as it had been. But beauty was cheerful even there, and sang as she worked about the cottage.
3: I have a gold locket A locket of gold My prince gave it to me My prince, brave and bold. Oh, beauty, stop singing that stupid song. Why, Ethelinda, you always used to like it. Yes, I used to. When we had
5: gold lockets and golden rings to wear, I used to like it. When we had fine gowns instead of these rags, and when we had some chance of meeting our prince one day. Oh, don't
3: give up so easily, Ethelinda. It may still happen. Oh, look out the window. There comes Father. Oh, my goodness, at this time of day?
6: Girls. Girls. I must leave for the city at once. Will you pack me some provisions, beauty dear? There's a chance, just a chance of fortune.
3: Father, what's happened? What do you mean a chance of fortune?
6: Well, a traveler through the forest gave me news of the city and the seaport. He said a ship called the Golden Vanity had docked last month.
3: The Golden Vanity? But that's your ship, Father. The one we thought was shipwrecked a year ago. Oh, Father, if it's come to port at last, then we're rich again.
6: Oh, easy, daughter, easy. We're not sure it is my ship, or if it is, whether it brought any cargo. But if luck is with us... What shall I bring you back from the city in celebration?
3: Oh, Father, some some silk and satin for gowns and and new slippers and new ribbons, some perfume and...
6: Oh, enough, Ethelinda. Remember, it's only a chance. But if it is my ship, what do you want, my beauty?
3: Oh, Father, all I want is a safe trip for you and good news in the city. And then if, if you want to bring me something, well, I'd love one perfect rose, that's all. One rose?
6: As always, you ask little for yourself, dear beauty. But one rose, I promise you, whatever kind of fortune I find. Now I must go saddle the horse and be on my way.
4: Aye, sir. That's how it is, sir. The crew took all the cargo and made off with it. Heaven only knows where they're scattered to. And there's nothing left. Not a bowl of goods, not a two-penny nail. Hard luck, sir.
6: Of course, if you'd been around when the ship docked... Yes, 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 I know. But uh, tell me, what of the ship itself? Where is it? The crew sold the vessel and divided the gold. The ship sailed out the next day. So my whole trip's been in vain. I'm as poor as ever. Hard luck, like I said. Well, there's no use staying here groaning. I might as well start home again with my bad news. Oh, if you're traveling, sir, you'd best be starting. Those clouds look ugly. Yeah, we're in for a storm. Yes. Yes, you're right. Well, thank you for your information, and farewell.
3: (gasps) This is terrible.
6: The storm grows worse every moment. (laughs) Steady, boy. Steady little farther surely we'll find some sort of shelter wait isn't that a light glimmering through the trees yes yes it is come on blaze why it must be a great castle the light is high in the tower and there just ahead a huge gate
3: here
6: now what's the matter old blaze Why are you stopping and trembling? Come on, now. Don't you want a dry stable and oats? (laughs) Uh, Very well, then. I'll go to the gate on foot. Uh, Heaven knows what the poor horse fears that could be worse than this night. Ah, yes, yes, the gate. Here's the knocker. this storm. Pray heaven someone answers. Good evening, sir. Good, oh, good evening. I, I, I'm I, a poor traveler lost in the storm, craving shelter. Oh Yes, indeed, sir. Enter. You're most welcome. Well, thank you. But I say it's, it's not raining in here. The moon is shining. It's, it's as mild as
5: a summer's night. Oh, yes, sir. If you'll follow me through this garden to the castle, you'll find dinner awaiting you and every comfort for the night. But look, here is this some sort of enchantment?
4: Flowers, birds,
5: moonlight? Are you the master here oh no sir no indeed if
6: you'll just follow me into the castle now yes but tell me will i meet your master within the castle
5: i'm sorry sir my master sees no one but i've been told to give you everything you desire here is the supper table set and waiting for you
6: what a splendid table candlelight meat fruit wine oh yes sir
5: over there is the door to your room when you've eaten feel free to retire whenever you wish if you want anything just ring
4: good night sir
6: good night. Well, this is strange indeed.
4: But I'm weary enough to ask no questions.
6: Dinner and then bed. That sounds fine to me. sleeping a light let me find a
0: candle no simply listen listen to my voice
6: who Who are you i see no one where are you
0: i am your friend i am in the mists i am in the wind i am in the perfume of all flowers but you cannot see me what do you want i have come to warn you
6: Warn me? Warn me of what?
0: Tomorrow there will be a test. Watch what you do. If you fail, it may mean death to you and to your daughters. Oh,
6: no, no, not that. No harm has come to my daughters.
0: It rests with you. Remember, tomorrow the test. Now sleep and farewell. Farewell. Farewell.
6: Good morning, sir. Good morning. I... Oh, I'd hoped it was my
5: host. I'm sorry, sir. Only
6: the master's servant, Mollybone. I came to see if you'd finished breakfast. Yes, yes, I have, thank you. And very excellent it was, too. And now, if you would take me to your master, I would very much like to meet him and uh, thank him for his hospitality before I leave. My master sees no one, sir, as I told you. Will you walk in the
5: garden until your horse is settled? Well,
6: all right. If it's impossible to see my host, I... Well, the garden is lovely. I'll call you when your horse is ready, sir. Oh, my. How beauty would love this garden. Oh, and that reminds me. The one thing she wanted me to bring her was one perfect rose. Here are hundreds to choose from. Well, let me see. Yes. Yes, here is a perfect rose. It's rosy pink as beauty's own cheeks. I'll pick it. <coughs>
3: what?
4: What's that? <coughs> what a horrible sound. What is it? How dare you pick my roses? What a hideous beast! How awful. Oh, wasn't it enough that I gave you the freedom of my castle, fed you and sheltered you? Are you dreaming? I never saw a beast like this. And it talks. Who are you? What is this ghostly place? I'll show you by eating you alive. Oh, no, 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 no,
6: please, please don't kill me. Let me explain why I took this one rose.
4: Please, please, let me explain. What is there to explain?
6: Well, it, it was not for myself that I wanted the rose beast, but for one of my daughters. One of your daughters? Yes, I, I have two pretty daughters, Beast. And when I left home, I, I asked each daughter what she would have me bring back as a gift. Alas, I didn't have the good luck I hoped on my journey, so I can take Ethelinda nothing of what she asked. But Beauty, my younger daughter, asked only for a rose. And when I saw these roses, I thought. <clears throat> I spare a father's life beast, a father who is only trying to please a loving, unselfish daughter.
4: Very well. I will spare your life on one condition that you go home and send me one of those daughters in your stead. What? Buy my life with one of theirs? I do not ask you to force either of them to come. Go home. See if either of your daughters is courageous enough and loves you well enough to come willingly and save your life. No. No. How, how, How could I ask either such a question? How could either agree to come? If neither is willing to come, you yourself must return. And if you don't... I shall come and fetch you. Row!
6: So, my daughters, that's the story. Now I must say goodbye and return to the beast.
3: Goodbye? Father, what do you mean?
6: Oh, my daughters, I only pretended to accept that creature's terrible suggestion so I could see you both once more. Now I... Keep my promise and go back to him. Oh, no, Father. If I don't, he will come after me and kill me here.
3: But this way you walk right into his clutches. Well, if it
6: be death either way, I would rather meet it as an honorable man, keeping my promise to return.
3: But it isn't death either way. If one of us goes with you... But that's impossible. That's unthinkable. Oh,
5: yes, it's impossible. How could either of us face that fearsome beast? Don't even suggest it,
3: Beauty. It was the rose I asked for which brought about this misfortune. Father, I'll go back with you to face the beast. No,
6: beauty, no, no, you you haven't seen the beast. I'm
3: not going to be afraid. This is better than seeing you go alone. Come, Father, let us be on our way.
6: Very well, beauty. Heaven grant that even a beast so fearsome as he is will be touched by your goodness and love. Heaven help us both. Mm -hmm.
2: Unfortunately, Nyla Mack passed away from a heart attack on January 20th, 1953, but the show kept on. In its final two years, the Nyla Mack Award was given to the top players. The show would air until October 23rd, 1954. And thanks to Ms. Mack, men and women like Arnold Stang were able to have long careers.
1: I came to New York from Chelsea, Massachusetts, but I came to New York because I didn't know that it was almost impossible to break into radio so I had sent in a postcard asking if I could be on the show, and they sent back one of those letters, you know, very personal kind of letter. Dear sorrow, madam, as the case may be, you know, next <laughs> time you're in New York, I was nine. <laughs> but the next time you're in New York, uh, if you come by, we will schedule an interview and an audition. So of course the following Saturday, I went to New York and, and took an audition. I was gonna be a very serious dramatic actor, and they decided they found a new comedy personality. So they offered me a job and I took it. and. Then other things came up and I started doing things like Aunt Jenny's, True Life, Stories, and whatever shows uh, they needed kids on. And I was doing all of them and I went on Broadway and played the lead in a Broadway play out of which I got a picture contract and went to Pictures and started doing movies and radio in California. And that's the story of my life.